Drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on everybody here on a Friday, a New Year's Eve Friday? I mean, you got to ring in the New Year right, you know what I'm saying? And the Detroit Lions are going to be celebrating before you know it. Because when talking about New Year's, we're talking about closing one door, opening another, fresh starts, new looks, new everything. And I'm your host here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, Derek Oakery. And I'm telling you, there's time to celebrate and good times on the horizon for the Detroit Lions. So everybody, thank you so much for dialing up the podcast today. I mean, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, uh... Side of cornbread. Cornbread! Make it a double. Cornbread! <laughs> on the show today, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about that, about what this fresh start, what this new look, what this new year might have for the Lions. I might have to take a few minutes and talk about Michigan and Georgia. If you're listening to this on Friday, Friday evening at 730, the college football playoff, my Wolverines going in to play those dogs from Georgia. I might have a few takes on that. And then the back half of the show. Well, before I hit my commercial break, I might give you guys some New Year's resolutions for the Lions. And then the back half of the show, we're going to talk about the Seattle game. It is a Sunday afternoon kick in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle against the Seahawks. We'll get into that as well. So, again, thank you guys so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Derek Oakery. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K. O-K-R-I-E, always trying to post Lions, Fantasy Football, Michigan, Wolverines, um, NFL Draft will be heavy, I have to start doing some mock drafts here before you know it, once I get all my head around all these different players, huge draft coming up for the Lions, but uh, let's talk about why this might be a new beginning, one thing I don't think fans realize is that the Lions, they did totally hit the reset, when you trade your quarterback, and you kind of do what they did to the roster, you are definitely resetting yourself. They also have two first-round picks this year, two first-round picks the following year. They had multiple picks and what appears to be a good NFL draft this past year. They are definitely building something. And the fan base, you know, one thing I always say sort of about Lions fans, you hear me on the pod always, you know, kind of saying, you know, oh, we're going to get this win. We're going to beat this team. I mean, I'm sure Gator from 97.1 appreciates that optimism. Okay, Kool-Aid drinker and, you know, cornbread muffin and all that. 
<laughs> there's there's definitely people out there that are always pessimistic. Oh, this, and like I'm optimistic. I'm drinking that Detroit Kool Aid, but I do realize that the NFL is a very hard league. Any given Sunday, there's lots of smart people across the league, lots of good football players. It is hard to win. So sometimes I think Lions fans, the diehards, think we should win every game. And like, I don't think that way. So this was a tough season. Would like to see a couple more W's, a few more wins at the end, whatever it may be. But they did fight. They did play hard. So, you know, you're just looking for... Now it's really starting. This year was kind of like that undo everything, figure out the QB position, see what Jared Goff has. Now in 2022, you're looking at adding those two first round picks, having a full draft, having another, you know, quality free agency under Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell with the mojo and some of the things they've been able to build this year. And I think fans should just get totally excited about what's to come because when you do a rebuild, it's going to be rocky in the beginning. Then you're going to start to see building blocks, young players doing well. And before you know it, years two, three, four, whatever it may be, you look around, you're like, we have a really young, dynamic, exciting football team that could be here for years to come. And I think if Brad Holmes does what he does and Dan Campbell continues to grow both as a head coach you know, finds hopefully the right offensive coordinator. I really don't need Dan Campbell calling plays multiple years here in Detroit, even though he has grown in that role and done decent. I think fans are going to be just totally excited. It's going to be a new year um, in uh, in 2022, as well as you got a lot to celebrate and a lot to be excited about as a Lions fan if they do this right, if they get it right, and it's going to sneak up on you before you know it. I, I would say not next year, but the year after, you might turn around and say, look at all these young, cheap, quality, high-end athletes at premier positions that the Detroit Lions have, and it's all because of the draft, some free agents they were able to pull in, as well as the current team they have. They have a, a good nucleus of probably, you know, 8 to 12 players that on both sides of the, you know, com- football combined that you have to love as a fan. I mean, they're young, they're good. We're talking about, you know, the Ragnows, the Swifts, the Hawkinsons, you know, guys on the defensive side of the ball that they're building, whether that be, um, you know, Romeo Quaras of the world or some of the cornerbacks they've been able to do. They're able to keep Tracy Walker and company around. You know, that these are, these are things to be excited about, no doubt about it. So, you know, celebrate, enjoy this new year, and start to get excited knowing that the Lions are going to be really starting to – you know, expound upon and you're going to see this rebuild kind of, you know, go into warp speed here before you know it. And I think this team has the opportunity to really come together nicely, which is exciting. All right. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about those Michigan Wolverines for a moment. Let's go blue. So, you know, there's tons of Michigan fans in the state of Michigan, across the country. This has been a magical run. There's no question. You know, early in the year, there was no expectations. They kind of built steam over the year. They peaked at the end of the season. They won a couple close games. They vanquished the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, you heard me. 
Ohio State was vanquished. Ohio State is vanquished. <laughs> Absolutely. And 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 we know we know this about that team down south. We know this is true always, all day, every day. Hey, listen. Ohio State sucks. never gets old so you know that was a capper that was an incredible moment that's one I'll never forget as a Michigan fan but then me my buddy Chops we got an incredible road trip to Indy had a great time saw a great football game or the Michigan Wolverines dropped a hammer on the Iowa Hawkeyes and now they're playing the Georgia Bulldogs on New Year's Eve in the college football playoff for all the marbles. Now, this can be a big football game. You know, I I Georgia has a great defense. Michigan has a really good defense. Georgia has athletes on both sides of the football. Michigan is a really hard-nosed, punch-you-in-the-mouth type of team, both in the run game. And Kate McNamara, don't get it, don't get it twisted. All year long, when you thought maybe he's going to – the bottom was going to drop out or, you know, maybe you need to bring in the young kid or maybe can't do this, can't do that. I mean, I feel like since the first game, few games of the season, he's just continued to build in regards to making throws when he had to make them, leading the team, you know, being able to uh, be precise with his passing. I think he's really played well as a game manager, but also as a leader and a just a really quality quarterback, you know, to help his team get W's, which you, you got to like. So, I think that Michigan needs to come out of the gate strong. I think they need to, you know, get back quickly to how they had been playing these last three, four games before this long layoff. I think that you don't want to let a team like Georgia get rolling, like I said, with the type of athletes they have, or you don't want to turn the football over to that defense. So I would come out. And, and smash them. You know, I would try to just, you got three really good running backs. They're all probably going to be real healthy. I would just run the football. I'd throw it to Donovan Edwards. I'd run play action and throw it deep from time to time. And then that defense, I'm really hoping Dax Hill, you know, makes his way to Florida and is able to play. But the Michigan defense, you know, I would be surprised with that quarterback that Georgia has. And, uh, you know, they have wide receiver and whatnot. But to me, their quarterback's a little bit spotty. And I don't see him slicing up the Michigan defense. I see them being able to make plays. But I also see Michigan being able to get off the field, maybe create some turnovers, and definitely get after their quarterback with Hutch and with Ajabo. So I think it's going to be just dial up the same recipe. Run the ball, you know, make plays, pull a couple rabbits out of your hat, maybe a trick play or two. And uh, and try to win the same way, you, way you've been doing. So I, I can't wait for this ball game. I'm excited for it. I'm not chalking it up as some W or easy win by any means. But I'm definitely confident in my team. Never apologize for that. I definitely think Michigan has proven that they can win against good teams. They can play great football when they have to. They seem like an incredibly solidified team. T-E-A-M. The team. The team. The team. And that's exciting because that's what Harbaugh preaches. He seems to be in a great place mentally. Um, you know, there's a couple years there where he went rabat 
robotic and went aloof and just seemed didn't seem like a human being. He seems like he's back to, you know, being a regular person, enjoying what he does. I think recently he was quoted as saying he would do this for free. It doesn't care about the money, all this other stuff. So I'm here to tell you, if I got to throw out a prediction for this game, I mean, I just can't wait for this ball game. I've got my Michigan Wolverines with 31 points. I've got the Georgia Bulldogs at 27 points. And that would give Michigan the win and headed to the college football finals. Everybody assumes it's going to be Alabama. And I would love to face them for all the marbles and for that trophy that us Michigan fans have been dying for. I wasn't into football. I was a young lad back in 1997 when we shared a national title. Chuck Woodson, those a baller, Tom Brady, all those classic players from Michigan. I would love it if this group of men, Michigan men, can get it done this New Year's Eve and then after that in the college football playoff finals. Man, I'm fired up about it if you can't tell. So there's your there's your college football take. I know it's a Lions show. So let's get back to the Lions. New Year's Eve resolutions for the Lions. I mean, first thing I thought of was, you know, people say like, I want to lose weight. I want to spend more time with my kids. I want to, you know, work out more. All these resolutions people make, you know, they want to change things that aren't working out well. They want to do better. They want to improve themselves. So my first New Year's resolution was to teach Jared Goff to throw spirals because I don't know if you've realized you probably have you watched the games or maybe listened to the show the past couple months. He can't throw. (laughs) And, uh, I would like to fix that. So a New Year's resolution, would I would get Jared Goff. I would get him, again, one of those Nerf footballs. We'd start there, learn how to throw big, long spirals that way. I would show him how to hold the ball on the laces. I would possibly get him those sticky gloves or something so his baby hands could hold the football better. And I would teach him to throw to his wide receivers in a more efficient fashion with spirals and darts rather than wobbly ducks and disgusting-looking passes as an NFL quarterback where your first prerequisite is to be able to throw. So that, that was that was number one on my list. Uh, number two was, you sp- I spoke about you know people going to the gym, wanting to lose weight. The Detroit Lions need to do more training, fitness, whatever it may be. So we have less injuries in 2022. I know, I know. Everybody out there wants to say injuries are random, you know, You can never predict them. Well, for the past couple decades, at least the last decade plus when I've been a diehard Detroit Kool-Aid drinker Lions fan, we are always hurt. We are always hurt more than any NFL team. We are hurt by our best players always out for the year. They're always hurt. Like every year, go back and look up the... Look everything up. Our our first, second round picks are usually out for a year or so, their first couple seasons. Our top paid players are usually out early with ACLs or some other Achilles, all these type of injuries. Like, I don't know what it is. I've been saying, like, maybe there's something to do with the training. Maybe they're pushing these guys too hard. Maybe these guys don't want to play um, and they just want to get paid. So maybe they're out because of that. I don't know. But I do know 
that they got to get that fixed. If you're ever going to win big in the National Football League, you have to be healthy. If you're ever going to make a run in the playoffs, you need, yeah, playoffs. I'm talking about playoffs. Yeah, you've got to be healthy. And usually the healthiest team sometimes makes the biggest run and makes it to the Super Bowl, the big game. So the Lions have to get that figured out. They have to stay healthy. They're top 10 type players. The majority of them have to try to put in a full season's worth of work, both next year and beyond. Because if not, if they continue to get hurt at those key positions or guys they're counting on, they're never going to win at the level that we want them to. That that's that's just obvious. Another New Year's resolution for the Lions is they need another great draft. You know, Brad Holmes needs a New Year's resolution of just absolutely killing this draft with these multiple first-round picks and all this talent. And they're also going to have to see in 2022 how good was this 2021 class. I know Amon Ra, St. Brown, is the new hotness. Everybody's putting him in the Hall of Fame. Everybody's acting like, man, this guy's the greatest receiver we've ever seen. He is on an incredible streak. Don't get me wrong. I love the kid's mentality. I liked him when they picked him. I thought it was great value. He's finally starting to get production. He's starting to get looks, targets. He's gritty. He's grimy. He will knock your face off, and he will also run away from you at times so I love everything about him but we need to see him stack games and seasons and like three two probably after next year or the year after we'll be like okay we really know what we have in this kid is he going to be Robert Woods or is he going to be kind of a poor man's you know number three slot receiver and we've had plenty of those here in Detroit who flashed in the pan and the next thing you know we're like why did we keep running this guy out there so I'm not picking on St. Brown because I do think he's a good player, but I think next year we'll really know, you know, is Levi a bust? Did he flip the script? Is he going to come along? How how impactful can Lee McNeil be? Is Derek Barnes the beast that he looks like when he flexes after every tackle that he makes? Or is he still struggling to pick up, you know, how to, how to run a defense or how to be out there for a ton of snaps? You know, I, I love what this class has shown, but I'm also playing the slow game of sort of, I need to see more. I need to see you stack it. I need to see you come back next year better than you were this year. And we've seen that plenty of times where a guy will come along on the Lions, come up on the scene, blow out, and we start, you know, writing him in as the starter for the next however many years. And, like, then they come back the next year, they're either hurt or don't play well. And then the year after that, maybe they play a little bit better. The year after that, not so good, not so good. Oh, now they're good again. No, we need these guys to continually get better, and we'll know a lot more about this current class next season. But I cannot wait to see who Brad Holmes adds in this draft, in the 2022 draft, where he's got tons of assets, He seems to be all over the NFL draft, and that's what this team needs. No question about it. I could do a million more New Year's resolutions for the Lions, but my final one, and a lot of you out there will love this. I've actually not been a big proponent of this, but I'm going to put it on my resolutions. Let's go get ourselves a dynamic wide receiver one. Let's go get a game changer, a ball player, a guy that can go deep, a guy that can jump over you, a guy that can route run and break your ankles. Let's get a guy that can break tackles. Let's get somebody that we can force feed the ball 
10 times plus a game, and they can come up with catches, touchdowns, yards, game-changing plays, all those things you look for. And we might need two quality receivers because if you give me two quality top-end athletes, whether it be, you know, a slot guy and two outside guys, whatever it is, you plug in Saint, you got Cephas sitting there. I would love to keep Josh Reynolds around. Josh Reynolds has balled out. He's silky smooth since he got here. So next thing you know, I mean, you can't keep a – a ton of receivers, you probably keep six, seven on a roster. But if we're looking at, you know, Cephas, you know, Reynolds, St. Brown, and then two rookies or a free agent and a rookie that you bring in that really helps this team, man, I think they could be much more dynamic in the passing game. And I do think that would help put them over the top in some of these games where they are struggling offensively when it comes to scoring points, touchdowns, mostly points, you know. Way too many first halves where we're just putting up gooses, putting up putting up donuts, or just not showing up. So I really think that a dynamic receiver or two should be a New Year's resolution for Brad Holmes. I know Brad Holmes was quoted as saying, man, finally got St. Brown. You guys get off my ass for telling me to get a receiver. Well, Brad Holmes, I'm telling you, you need to get off your ass again because it showed this year that you didn't have enough wide receiver talent until you went out and got fortunate and got Josh Reynolds and he's really helped the team so imagine if you dip into some of those draft picks or that free agent money I got and go get some studs for Jared Goff probably next year and then hopefully for your future quarterback who I can't wait to see who that's going to be I mean that'll be another show but there's so many if they wait if they don't do it this year and they wait till the following year there are so many interesting options for the Detroit Lions of who could be the next quarterback for this team Lots of athletes, pocket passers, guys that can run, guys that can make plays off platform. I'm very excited to see how that all falls out and who they end up getting. So there's there's some New Year's resolutions for you. Again, before we hit the commercial break, we might as well hit that celebrate music one more time as we enjoy a New Year, New Year's resolutions, Michigan, Georgia, and one door closing, new opening for the Detroit Lions. So celebrate everybody. Enjoy. I hope you're being safe out there. I hope you are having fun. I hope you're, if you're a Wolverine fan, you're bunkered down, ready for this football game um, on Friday evening. If you're partying with friends, again, I hope you're being safe. We're still in this uh, quagmire pandemic that we got going. So you got to be safe, but also got to live your life. So enjoy, celebrate, and here we are in 20. 22. Everybody, I'll be right back at this commercial break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, everybody. 
This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers. Now, now usually I start you know, the break with that, but now that I got the new you know, Gator drop from 97.1, I mean, he might have a retort where I'm like, all right, Kool-Aid drinkers, let's get this thing going. Okay, Kool-Aid drinker and, you know, cornbread muffin and all that. <laughs> but uh, Kool-Aid drinkers, you need to be proud that you're drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. You need to enjoy a hot piping side of cornbread. Cornbread! I don't know what Gator's eating the cornbread muffins or what he's doing. Cornbread! But uh, you need to be proud about that because that means you love your team. You're optimistic. You're hanging in there. You're not one of these people. Oh, you know, the Lions never win. Lions can't do that. Lions. Can't. I mean, it's a it's a miserable existence for people that don't drink that Detroit Kool Aid. Don't believe. Don't enjoy their team. Win, lose, or draw. You know what I'm saying? So, thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. Again, I'm your host Eric Gokri here on the Kool Aid Cast, and uh, we had some fun off the top talking about. Uh, New Year's Eve here when the show is dropping. We come to you Wednesdays and Fridays uh, for the most part, as well as, um, you know, kind of like that new fresh beginning. You know, we'll be flipping the calendar over to 2022. Everybody's got their New Year's resolutions. They're going to change this. They're going to do that. I mean, I've always been one to say, like, just be genuine. You know, whoever you are as a person, be that. Don't try to change everything. Don't think you're going to flip the script of who you are, what you've been up to, just because it's a new year. Um, But, Also, you know, there are opportunities to do some things different or to change some things in your life if that's what you want. But like I say, I would change some of the negative things if you have those, but also stay true and genuine to who you are as a person. Um, We talked about Michigan and Georgia, about how that's a big football game for people in the state of Michigan, Wolverines fans all across the country. Michigan in the college football playoff for the first time. They won a Big Ten championship for the first time. I mean... They beat, well, they didn't just beat, they vanquished the Ohio State Buckeyes. Ohio State is vanquished! Exactly. Um, So that was tremendous. 
And, uh, and yeah, we threw out some New Year's resolutions for the Lions. Hopefully they can do a couple of those things, whether it be uh, teach Goff how to throw or, um, you know, train a bit better, maybe add some dynamic receivers and, and have a hell of a draft. All those things would be great resolutions for the team, the fan base, and everybody included. Here on the back half of the show, let's just do a little preview of the Seattle Seahawks game, a Lions traveling to Seattle. 425 kickoff, I believe it is, in the Pacific Northwest, Seattle. Very tough place to play. You know, last year, if you guys read my USA Today Lions Wire Fantasy Football Weekly articles, I kind of said, man, last week it was snowy and slippery, and this week it's supposed to be in the low 40s and kind of rainy. Imagine that. It's rainy in Seattle. Uh, (laughs) So I put some of that stuff in my article as well as you know, for this game is kind of a preview. I just, I just thought, you know, the first thing on the list, you know, again, we want our team to play well. There's some of you out there that want them to win no matter what. But the first thing I kind of put on my bullet points here is like, I, I want them to preserve the draft pick. You know, if, if they do come up short in this football game, they guarantee themselves at worst, the number two pick in the NFL draft. Now, I know some of you like, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm not going to worry. Obviously, the players say that. Like, I'm not going to worry about where we fall in the draft. The draft matters. Where and when you hear that sound, as well as who you select, makes a big difference. So there's nothing on the line for the Lions. Do you want them to go and get molly whopped or embarrassed? No. But do you really want them to win this game in Seattle and cost themselves maybe multiple spots in the draft? Or do you want to lock up that number two pick and say, okay, worst case, if we do want a rush player, it's Hutch. Or if he's taken first, you have no other option. Um, you get what is not a consolation prize, and that's Kayvon Thibodeau. Tibbs. You know what I mean? Everyone's writing that guy off like he's some scrub. This guy is an absolute monster. He kind of plays that outside linebacker rush player that the Lions like. So, yes, I want Hutch. Aiden Hutchinson is a beast. He's also a Wolverine. The state would love him. The team would love him. He's a guy that you can build your whole program around. Put the 97 on the Lions jersey. It will sell like hotcakes. But if he's not there, Thibodeau will be a great player if they do not want to go skill position, quarterback, whatever it may be. And I know a lot of you saying there's no way they would go. You don't know how it's going to shake out yet in some of those other spots. But I would say Hutch and Thibodeau are pretty much locked up to be 1-2. And I would like the Lions to be at worst in that number two spot to get one of those players. Now, again, some of you may hate that take. Some of you are out there agreeing, shaking your head. I get it. But... When we talk about this ball game, you know, there's some things to talk about with that as well. It's not all about just the draft pick only. There's some things to look for in this game. First of all, we don't know if Jared Goff's going to play. You know, he, he came off the COVID list, but his knee got rolled up on a couple games ago. And it's still unsure. He hasn't really been practicing. But every time he steps to the podium, he talks about, like, finally being back and wanting to get out there. I I don't know. Like, last time I heard him, it didn't sound like he was going to play. He hadn't practiced, and he said his knee was still giving him trouble. So this may be another Tim Boyle game. I mean, you guys heard my take the other show about Tim Boyle. It's like, he's aight. 
I mean, he did okay for a backup, but didn't wow me. He he did throw a couple spirals, which was nice to see. A couple laser beams, which I'm not used to from number 16 of the Detroit Lions. Because, I mean, I don't know if you've heard. He can't throw! That's for you, Jared Goff, and all the people that love it when I say that out there. But, <laughs> you know, Tim Boyle, you know, if he's got to play, it's okay. Like I said, that probably helps us with... Uh, securing the pick. The the big thing is they are throwing DeAndre Swift. Mr. Swizzle as he's called here on the show out there again and that that's interesting. That that has an opportunity to maybe help me in a couple fantasy leagues where I'm in the championship or um you know deep in the playoffs in some of my crazy fantasy leagues, deep dynasty leagues that I do. But others are shaking their head like why put him out there? Why give him the opportunity to get hurt? My thing is dude's been out since Thanksgiving. If he's healthy, and he was quoted as saying recently he loves the game of football, he wants to play at any opportunity he can, he wants to get out there with his teammates, those were all incredible quotes that I think that hope this guy sticks to for his whole career. People are still kind of bashing DeAndre Swift of, well, he's hurt a lot. He's not out there enough. And his first two seasons, like, that's can be true, you know. Um, he hasn't been out there as much as you'd like him to be, and when he is, he's gotten better, but... I don't know that we've seen anywhere near his ceiling yet, as well as he needs to be out there more to reach that full potential. And I think that's what Dan freaking Campbell is trying to do by putting Swift out there, saying, hey, you got two games to go out there and get better and, and help this team show us some things. And and then you have the whole offseason to sort of recover and get yourself right for next year. And he could get hurt any time in any place. So I'm totally fine with putting him out there. I think it's going to be f- fun to see 32 doing his thing. I don't know if they'll use him sparingly or if they'll just say, hey, you're good to go, like put a, put a big workload on him. I would think it would be the former where – Yes, he'll be there, but you're going to see limited touches and be used in scenarios and Jamal Williams, you know, running those slam up the middle plays. Come on, Craig. Still getting in there and doing some things. You know, I would think uh, Craig Reynolds, but, uh, you know, and Jamar Jefferson seems kind of like the odd man out. He's in the doghouse, I think, in regards to the coaches or his pass protection or his different things that he does on the football field. So I don't know what's going on with him, but the Lions are putting together kind of a nice, interesting running back core here, young and physical and athletic and be able to catch it a little bit. And it's kind of exciting to see. So I'm, I'm just glad Swifts will be out there to some degree. Uh, I'm not too worried about any type of injuries. Whatever happens, happens. And I think if he puts together a couple of games and doesn't get hurt, like that's that's good mojo and that's good off-season stuff to build on. Say, man, you're going to be the man next year. We're going to put a lot on your plate and want you to be dynamic, um, get you in that top 10 running backs across the NFL. I think that would be really fun and exciting, not only for him, the team, but the fan base as well. You know, when you look at the Seattle Seahawks, like Russell Wilson has always been a favorite of mine. I mean, this guy's such a great guy on and off the field. I had some, you know, doubts about him when he was coming in as a rookie. Like, I didn't know how good he would be. And he had those years, one year at Wisconsin or whatever. And, and it was just kind of like, yeah, he's a, he's a good player, but he was shorter. And I didn't know, you know, if he's going to be able to put it all together. But, man, he has an incredible faith. He has a great spirit about him. He's the kind of guy you want leading your franchise. A couple years ago, I said, there were some rumblings about Russ maybe being traded and the Lions were sort of looking to maybe move on from Matt Stafford. And two, three years ago, I was like, hey, man, 
I, I would love to have Russ here because I think he's the type of guy that can galvanize, change a culture, win games on it by himself, you know, um, take a losing mentality and turn it into a positive compete win mentality. But I think that window has passed for a team like the Lions. I do feel like Russell Wilson will be on another NFL team next year. And I think he's still got a nice second career with that other team in the league. I think he's got a handful of years left where he'll be very, very good. He can run. He can throw it. He hasn't been that good this year, though. I mean, he got that finger injury. He came back real soon. Seemed to hamper him. But the thing I put in my fantasy football article at USA Today Lions Wire was man, they still got those two dynamic receivers. Like Tyler Lockett, regardless of his height, his size, he continues every year to put up big-time numbers, find the end zone, get behind defenses, and DK Metcalf. For all you guys have been listening to this show for a long time, you guys know I did like an hour show where all I did was talk about how the Lions should take DK, how they should pair him up back in the day with Kenny Galladay, and how they would just be dynamic. And People laughed at me and said, ah, you know, he's just a deep um, receiver. He gets hurt a lot, this, that, and the other, and he's come out and been probably one of the biggest specimens in the game at the position. Recently, they seem not to be using him, or he seems to be kind of in an odd spot. But other than that, I mean, he's just been a dynamic player since coming in the league. He can do pretty much everything. He's very physical, and man, he's got that electric speed for his size, for any size, to be honest, where he could just run past you at the blink of an eye. So the Lions are going to have to watch out for that. The Seahawks do not have a lot of their top running backs, whether it be Carson or you know some of the other players they have been putting in there, Alex Collins or whatever, but Rashad Penny. Hello, Rashad Penny. I mean, a guy that I loved in the draft. He came in. He was out of shape. He was fat. He was injured. He just never could play. And when he did, it was ho-hum. And the Seahawks took him with a late first-round pick. But all of a sudden, he seems to get healthy. They have no other choice but to play him. And dude's got a couple two, 300-yard games, finding the end zone multiple times. Um, you know, he's helped me in a fantasy league or two. And... Gosh, he seems to be turning it on. He doesn't do things that wow you, but, man, he just gets upfield, and if you give him a crease, he can he can put up yards and numbers on you quickly. So Rashad Penny, it would be interesting to see if he has a second life in the NFL where he comes from the dead and maybe leaves Seattle or stays there and they actually give him the rock and he ends up being really good. I mean, who knows? But up till now, he really hasn't done much until these last little bit, and he's really shown what I thought he was going to do initially coming out of um, college where he was like the leading rusher and just could do it all, it, it seems. So the Lions, you know, will have to watch out for Penny, Metcalf, Lockett, and, and Russ. I could see Russ having a really good bounce-back game here where he's been down, people are doubting him, people are saying, can't do this, can't do that. I could see him just kind of having a really nice day both through the air and with his feet against the Lions. The Lions on their side of the ball, you know, Swift is back. It'll be curious to see if Josh Reynolds plays. Josh Reynolds is on the COVID list. He's been really good since they got him off waivers, but he doesn't seem like he's going to be out there. Um, St. Brown, Khalif Raymond, you know, doing their thing. Where else are they going to get, you know, receiver help? They have, like, no tight ends, which if you guys have heard me before, you know, they got T.J. Hawkinson, but they had no one, no one behind him for the last year or two. And it's like... One injury, and you're in trouble. And what happened? Hawkinson got injured out for the year. Brock Wright stepped in. You saw a couple flashes. Now he's out. You got you got nothing at that position. You got absolutely nothing. 
So they're just going to try to piece that together with who knows who, guy from the local bowling alley or down at the local uh, Walmart or wherever they're going to find a a tight end or two or three to help this team. But, uh, you know, it's going to come down to the Lions having a game plan. Maybe they have a couple things up their sleeve. You know, it's going to depend on the weather. You know, Seattle, if they continue to play spotty football, that'll give the Lions an opportunity. If they come out and play their best game, it could be a long day for the Lions. Because not only on offense do you have Russell Wilson, Lockett, Metcalf, Penny, you know, some of these other players they have, um, Gerald Everett, the tight end. You've got on defense... Bobby Wagner, an absolute beast. What's he got, like 180 tackles this year or something crazy like that? You know, they have a lot of beasts up front that you might not know their name, but they get after the quarterback. Um, You know, still got Quandre on the back end, Roman picking off Matt Stafford every chance he gets. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets one against Boyle or Goff or whoever. So, I don't know. I see this being a tough game for the Lions. I see it being a bounce-back game for Seattle. I see most fans that have a good head on their shoulders saying, that's all right, as long as you kind of play decent. We see a couple flashes from Swift or whoever. We'll be fine if you come up short. So I see this game, if I had to throw out a prediction, of you know, 27 for Seattle and probably you know, 20 for the Lions. Let's go a touchdown loss um, you know, because the NFL is always a pretty close game. So a touchdown loss, but we secure the number two pick. We have one more game against the Mozzarella Sticks at Ford Field. We um, can try to have a good game there as well as go into the offseason as healthy and as optimistic as we can. Hopefully they will be aggressive, make trades, free agents, draft picks, and then we can really get excited about this team because I think most fans are saying, man, we never even saw this full offensive line together this year. Man, we never saw some of these top receivers that we were hoping would give us some. Man, we didn't get to see Swift and Swag too often together, ready to roll. You know, on defense. We didn't see anything from Mr. Okuda, who knows what we have there. Man, we don't know what we have in some of these young rush players. What's the defensive line going to look like if they do add Hutch or Thibodeau? What, what's the defense going to look like if they bring back Tracy and they've got you know, Derek Barnes coming into his own and they draft another nasty linebacker and they have these young corners like A.O. Oh, baby! Making plays, getting after the football. So, everybody, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, uh, Be optimistic. Cornbread! And know that in 2022, man, if they get this all right, it's going to be a really, really exciting year for the Detroit Lions. So, everybody, have a great weekend. Let's go Wolverines. We're heading into 2022. And I'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in, man.